to start us off, I just want to thank uh, Lindsay for the uh, lovely iTunes review. And if you would like to hear your name read and for us to thank you profusely, you should leave us a review and you too can have your name spoken by us on this podcast. Also, just a heads up, stay tuned at the end of this episode for a clip of our newest Patreon release, uh, Codename Honeypot, the Molly Weasley as Seductive Aurora fanfic. (laughs) (laughs) That you didn't know that you need, but you do. You really need it. (laughs) So, with that... The Gaily Prophet operates under the assumption that you have read the books. If you haven't read the books, go and read them. They're wonderful. And then come back to us. Otherwise, you're going to be spoiled. And that's your choice in this world. Gay people love puns. I'm dead. (laughs) We have to stop this podcast. This book causes Satanism. Is left for us to rant about. There is nothing straight about plum velvet. <laughs> you shouldn't have been drinking when I said that. <laughs> Monocles are impractical, but hot. I don't for a second believe that she is a straight person. I mean, I'm definitely here for bisexual Minerva McGonagall. Let's talk about <laughs> Harry Potter. Hello, and welcome to The Gaily Prophet, a podcast for two queer IRL witches reread Harry Potter and talk about it. I am America's favorite Griffin dandy, Lark Malachi Gray. And I am Griffin Dyke Chardonnay, Jesse Blount. In this episode, uh, we're talking about In Flourish and Blots. In this chapter, Harry learns that flu powder is shit, Lucius Malfoy is racist, and that Gildory Lockhart, the new Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher, is scamming Hogwarts students worse than a U.S. college for books. We start this newspaper off with today's headlines. Millennials are killing flu powder. Today's youth are opting for methods of travel they consider quote-unquote safer and more reliable. (laughs) (laughs) There's an industry that needs killing it is the flu powder industry. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> That's amazing. It's not really related to the chapter, but, <laughs> you know, it had to happen. Anyway, um, we turn to the front page where we talk about all the things that don't belong in other sections of this newspaper. My first item of business on the front page is Percy jerking off. Maybe we should start with your first item of business. Uh, I mean, I actually also have that point as my second thing. So we could just talk about Let's talk about it. Percy. Uh, Like, like Fred, why are you asking? You know what he's doing in there. I know, right? And he's jerking it constantly. Like, bruh. I just, I underlined that when Percy comes down with his Hogwarts badge pin to his vest, it's like, given that this is such an active euphemism for him jerking off, it's like very, very funny to think about him like strutting in with a pin to his vest. 
Listen. Oh, gosh. Listen, if you're, like, masturbating for that long and for many days, you probably feel great. That's true. Hopefully they have lotion in the witching world. I'm sure it's, like, I would hope that there is, like, once you reach a certain age at Hogwarts, people are, like, here is a recipe for lube. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I don't so know. Too. Like, you already have cauldron and, like, ingredients for random stuff. God, they probably use the weirdest fucking ingredients in wizard lube. I'm I'm sure, but as someone who has read a lot of fan fiction where people don't know how lube works and it's always like weird it's like you can't use these things as lube that Oh my god, right? <laughs> I feel like anyone who like gets their idea of how lube works from porn thinks that saliva is the only acceptable lubricant, which is like so upsetting it's so upsetting that is not good lube yeah i feel i feel like i i feel like i've definitely seen things on the internet where it's like making fun of like romance authors or porn writers or fanfic writers who are like shampoo is lube it's like no also blood is lube also no like please just use lube dude yeah yeah no there's nothing unsexy about getting out a bottle of lube anyway back to harry potter (laughs) Anyway, I'm sure that Percy's lube potion is perfect because he got 12 owls. So he has a flawless. Oh, yeah. It's flawless. It's Um, like Percy didn't gloat at all when he got his owls. It's like, excuse me, Percy was gloating in some like kinky ass. I got 12 owls letters with his prefect girlfriend. Oh, my God. You know that you know that he was. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Kinky nerds. I love it. Um, not related to masturbation. Well, maybe, I don't know. This is our first introduction to witching mirrors that talk back to you, which I don't like, unless they're being like, you look great. I miss, like, I don't want the mirror to talk back. It's just like, I would just not own a a witching mirror. I'm like, no, I don't want, like, I don't want the mirror to, like, comment on my naked body, like, fuck you, mirror. Yeah, totally. No, it's like, so uncomfortable (laughs) why would you do that whose idea was that don't know not everything needs to be fucking enchanted sometimes you can just leave a thing (laughs) well said my next item of business is what the fuck they each eat six (laughs) bacon sandwiches what the hell yeah, that was a, that is, I like, I like, yeah, it's just, it's real weird. It, that's so many bacon sandwiches. Like, can you imagine, Ginny is 11. She's <laughs> like, probably weighs 70 pounds at most. <laughs> She's eating six bacon sandwiches. Like, she's gonna feel so sick. Anyway. <laughs> I just want to say that I think it's weird that Harry flews into um, Borgen and Burks and, like, no one hears him. Like, you would think if you're a store and you have multiple entrances, essentially, there'd be, like, a bell or something that would go off. Like, it just, especially when you're, like, a shady-ass, like, dark object pawn shop, like, you're gonna want to know who the fuck's coming into your store. That's true. That's a really good point. It's real weird. 
It's also weird that that store would be the go-to Nocturne Alley fireplace. Yeah. Wouldn't it be, like, another, like, pub or something? Because don't you, like, if you just say Diagon Alley, don't you come out in um, the Leaky Cauldron? I think so. So wouldn't it be, like, not a store full of, like, breakable shit would probably be a better... (laughs) Anyway... I mean, we can get into this, but the whole logistics of how flu works seems like bonkers. Oh, yeah, we we will have a whole segment on that. (laughs) It's going to be four or five minutes of us ranting about how much we need. It's whole own episode. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Um, What's next? Do we both have Percy being his peak Slytherin in this part? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Yeah, Ron straight up says Percy is really ambitious. Like, my note says, I told y'all he should be a Slytherin. <laughs> yeah, he's reading a book called Prefix Who Gained Power. That's like the most peak Slytherin-ass title of a book that wasn't like full of dark curses that we I think we might see in this entire series. Like, Uh-huh. So. Exactly. And I don't know, I think that also plays into my like, Percy is such a bottom thing that we'll talk about later in this (laughs) book. Anyway. Yeah, no, it's like Slytherin is Slytherin is fuck. Percy is a Slytherin. Like, it doesn't make any sense that he didn't get sorted into Slytherin as quickly as Draco Malfoy got sorted into Slytherin. Yeah, word. Yeah. Speaking of Draco, we get... (laughs) Some real good evidence of how big his crush on Harry is in this chapter. It is so, like, you talk about him nonstop. Okay, Draco. So gay. Uh Uh-huh. His dad says, you've told me this a dozen times already. Like, Draco. Buddy. I know. I know. It's, yeah, it's sweet. (laughs) a shitty way to show your crush but it is sweet (laughs) i mean you know sometimes you're obsessed with about your crush and about their accomplishments sometimes that happens (laughs) sometimes you just gotta talk non-stop about them well no not the talking non-stop the fact that his talking non-stop is like harry potter sucks Mm -hmm. i hate him i'm gonna be mean to him when we run into him later and it's like Everyone Buddy, thinks he. Just... Everyone thinks he's so great with his scar and his beautiful eyes and his like <laughs> cute haircut and his like vintage sweaters. And I hate him. Yeah. Oh my god, you nailed it. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. Um, Jenny. Just talk a little bit about Jenny. Okay. I just love how she was literally ready to throw down for Harry and flourish and bots. And like, this is literally the only thing that you've seen her say this entire, like in the past like couple of chapters is her like about to like fuck Malfrey up. And it's just like, I just love it. I'm like, that's right, Ginny. You fuck him up. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. Yeah. She a little like, uh, her crush on Harry makes me feel like so many different ways throughout this book it's cute it's at odds with her personality later and her i feel like huge i guess i would i guess i would say that jenny has some serious like 
big bi energy going on. So. Oh, yeah. But she's also just, like, she's, like, really confident and really funny and really, like... Agrarious? Gregarious. And gregarious? It's gregarious. I literally just recited a Shel Silverstein poem in my head to (laughs) land on the word that I was looking for. (laughs) That's fair. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, she, she is just, like, it just is not, it doesn't, and I get, people change a lot from, like, when they're 11, but... We get the impression in later books that she doesn't get unawkward around Harry until Hermione's like start dating other people and like get your mind off of him. Um, and I don't know. I I think speaking as someone who's like had really giant crushes on people that I was friends with a lot in my life, like. Someone like Jenny who has that kind of confidence, I feel like she would really be more like, I'm going to make you my best friend, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> let's hang out. I'm not uncomfortable. Like, I don't get butterflies every time you accidentally touch me. Like, we're buds and not this, like, putting her elbow in the butter, like, smashing dishes, blushing constantly kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that reaction. I just don't think it lines up with who Ginny is. You know, I I think you're right, but I, my, I don't want to say counter, but I think my response to that is, <laughs> as we discussed in the last episode, this might be the first boy who's not her brothers that Ginny has ever interacted with for oh, an extended shit. period of time. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> You are right. You are correct. Yeah. Oh my so god. So I feel like I feel like Ginny's confidence is just like she knows more people when she goes to Hogwarts and she's you know and it's like, oh, I'm used to seeing people. It actually is sort of miraculous that as many of the of the pure bloods are I mean I guess a lot of the pure aren't real adjusted, but like they all like socially well, I don't know. Anyway. Maybe it's all the fighting in the hallways, who knows? I don't know. <laughs> No, I, um, like, for sure, that is, that is weird. That is weird to think about her only ever having hung out with her brothers. Jesus. Yeah. All right. I know, there doesn't seem to be any, like, ministry company picnics or anything, so I don't know. Yeah. Um, I know that we're gonna talk about nocturne alley in a later section but just really quick the fact that this slug repellent that hagrid has to buy is only sold in nocturne alley and not at like a garden store in diagon alley makes me wonder if harry's read on nocturne alley is a little bit wrong if like the impression that we get of it from his eyes might be like a little like he show he gets there through Borgen and Burks and then like everything that he sees when he exits is like colored by that and yeah. like the kids aren't allowed down there because like freaky shit is sold down there no matter what like yeah. that's true but like maybe it's not actually as sketchy as we get the impression of because like 
anyone who needs to buy flesh-eating slug repellent has to go to Nocturne Alley to get it, you know? Yeah, maybe it's, like, really, like, toxic or poisonous or volatile, so they can't, so they're not going to sell it, or, like, there's, it's full of, like, school children, and they're going to sell it on Nocturne Alley. Right. I have to say, my first thought was that, and we know Hagrid is not a good liar, but I just wonder <laughs> if it was like, oh, yeah, I'm getting, like, flesh-eating slug repellent. I mean... As as someone who, like, I mean, since she frequents the Hogshead a lot, which is also maybe the shadiest place in Hogsmeade, as far as we could tell, like, maybe that's where, like, the the dive bar of, not, of, like, you know, whatever. I mean, I think there's a variety of reasons why maybe, like, there would be some stuff that Hagrid would go to Notch and Alley for and then not just be totally forthcoming with, like, 12-year-old Harry. That's true. And I feel like for sure, like the um, the hog's head of Diagon Alley is, or like of that area, is going to be down Nocturne Alley. Um, and if she's like looking to, you know, play poker for a new illegal animal or something, like she's going to need to go to that bar instead of the Leaky Cauldron. Also, if there is a gay bar in the Witching World, it's going to be on Nocturne Alley. Let's be real. that's complicated isn't it because yes but also like it seems like that's where all of the bigots shit is so like wouldn't that also be like a really dangerous place to have it like hanging out next to the like super racist like muggle killing fucked up stores i mean i don't know i feel like a lot of Historic gay bars weren't necessarily in, like, super safe areas of cities. I don't know. But super safe isn't the same as, like, being in, like, a strip mall where every other (laughs) store is run by the KKK. Well, (laughs) okay, so Harry is, like, has a hard time figuring out how to get back to Diagon Alley. I feel like Nocturne Alley seems pretty large. Like, it's not just, like... It's three terrible stores, like... So it could have sections. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm into it. <laughs> I'm just I saying. I really hope this... that she was, like, out looking for, like, a super hot lesbian hookup. That sounds great. Yeah. You know, you gotta get it in before the school year starts. Yeah. So. <laughs> before you're, like, totally isolated from the rest of the goddamn world. <laughs> great. Great, great. Uh, That was my last front page. We see a lot of items here that don't show up for another three books. Maybe y'all have already spotted, but Harry is hiding in the vanishing cabinet that makes a very important appearance in book six. Six. Also, the Hand of Glory that Draco does eventually probably buy for himself (laughs) for the um, end of book six and then also the cursed necklace i which is probably the same one that katie bell is poisoned by are all here um draco was really excited to buy these things i just want you to guys yeah (laughs) he's like fuck you dad i'm getting this cool i'm getting this hand of glory yeah totally yeah so either jk rowling at this point had started her like honestly like very very good like plot laying out for the rest of the series or she just like went back through the previous books and was like what can i grab but i assume it's 
the first option because like we get the horcrux here yeah i think so too because she says uh she says that there's a bit that turns up in book six or seven that she initially was gonna put in this book no and i think something about like the horcrux or you know voldemort's backstory that like so i think at this point she's is probably already thought about like at least a lot of the tom riddle like horcrux stuff cool Welcome to the politics section, where we talk about things that are fucked up. Or sad. (laughs) Well, well, yes. So, yeah, (laughs) beginning with Harry's, like, the first line of this chapter, which is Harry being, like, the weirdest thing about being at the Weasleys is that everyone likes him. And then we all cried. (laughs) Yeah. I was just like, yeah, just like a string of crying emojis. It's so sad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, Harry doesn't get to live a place where people like him until book seven. So I mean, he's on the run with, like, Ron and Hermione, but at least, like, for a minute, he, you know, they're living at Grimmauld Place, and, like, Creature is, like, making them dinner, and it's just very cozy. And yeah. it's, like, it just takes so much time, and it's very sad. I know it is. It's, like, he keeps loving Hogwarts, and, like, why? Because it's not... <laughs> It's fucking terrible for him. (sighs) Yeah, it's fucking tragic. Mm -hmm. All right. What's next? Dumbledore being the worst. It's time for Witch NSA Watch. Dumbledore already knows you're here. That man doesn't miss a beat, says Mrs. Weasley. To which we all go, ah, like what? So it's like, okay, cool. You're cool with Harry just, like, being in solitary confinement and, like, being malnourished. Fuck you, Dumbledore. Fuck you. What, like, if the Weasleys hadn't rescued him, like, would they just have sent it into, like, slipped between the bars of his room? Like, what the fuck? I don't... I... I, I, It's, like... I mean, we know why he's doing it. He's doing it because the more fucking broken Harry is, like, the more Harry is going to, like, respond to what he perceives as Dumbledore's trust and kindness. Mm -hmm. But, like, god damn it. This is not okay behavior. No. It's infuriating. Yeah. And the fact that no one was like, oh, man... Too bad Dumbledore didn't know about how terribly the the Dursleys were treating you. It's just like nothing. Yeah. It's a real bummer. As is. Well, that's it for NSA Watch, right? Yeah. This has been Which NSA Watch? Okay, other things that are real bummers. Fucking Errol. Fucking Retire Errol. this goddamn owl. Oh my god. He looks like a molting feather duster. And fucking Ron calling him pathetic. Ron, I hope that someone comes when you are like 95 years old and like knocks you down and calls you pathetic. Like, fuck off. You mean like 140 because wizards live the longest. Yeah, whatever. I tried to go old, but that was the best my brain could do. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to, like, come in there and be like, well, actually, you know. It's fine. Um, yeah, like, 
Ron like lays Errol on the goddamn floor. Is no one gonna nurse this? Like, give this owl some fluids and some like fucking like pureed meat. Like, what the shit? Like, Errol needs some serious care. And it's like, like, is there not like an owl retirement facility, like a sanctuary, a retired post owl sanctuary? Why do they just? No, dude. No to this treatment of Errol. Fucking Hermione, like, I think that another delivery might finish your owl off. You guys, stop. Like, just, god damn it. It's some of the shit that J.K. Rowling writes that is supposed to be funny makes me be like, are you a sociopath? <laughs> Why did you think this was funny? Have you never had a pet? If it was like, oh, this 17-year-old dog with, like, bad hips needs to fucking, I don't know, like, is still, like, a sled dog or something, you know? Like, is supposed to, like, be doing whatever job. We would all be like, fuck this. Anyone who's ever had a dog would be like, fuck this. Like, let that dog lay down. So, like, why is it funny? Because it's an owl? It's not funny. It sucks. Yeah, and, like... People retire their sled dogs to be pets, and, like, cops retire, like, police dogs to be pets. It's like, let Errol be a pet and, like, eat mice in the field and, like, do whatever the fuck he wants to do. Let him chill out. Stop having him deliver the mail! My God! Yeah. Anyway, free free Errol is what we're trying to say. <laughs> Hashtag free Errol. <laughs> so... Anyway, next politics point. Uh, all of my ones are about witch racism <laughs> and <laughs> Nocturne Alley and stuff like that. Nocturne Alley. Yeah. All right, mine too. So, oh, you take it away. And now, what you've all been waiting for, talking about Lucius Malfoy and his racism. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just. I just changed this sentence where, like, like, right before Lucius leaves, he's like, wizard blood is counting for less everywhere, and it's just like, whiteness is counting for less everywhere, and I'm like, yeah, okay, bro. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. It's, he's, like, r- revolting. So, it's interesting, because I feel like the stuff with, like, blood purity bigotry is sort of the like racism analogy in the series i mean i think there's still racism that's happening that's not being addressed but what i will say is that even though it's sort of blood status bigotry is sort of like kind of uneven across the series i will say that lucius is like a pitch perfect bigoted character like in the few chapters when you're first meeting him you're like Oh, you're one of those assholes who yeah. has, like, too much money and is hella bigoted. Yeah. Everything about him is just, like... And, like, everyone knows that he has a house full of fucking dark magic and used to be a fucking fascist. And it's like, oh, because he's rich, no one can touch him. And I'm just like, I mean, eat the rich, number one. But it's just like, <laughs> of course. It's like, oh, you have too much money and to, to like, be put in... Prison is terrible, but he is above the law because he has money and it's fucked up. Yeah. It's nice that Arthur has him nervous. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, if you're going to have a work nemesis, it should be a literal 
fascist racist yeah dude i think that there's something to be said too for the fact that like he is so just like despicable that even borgen hates him (laughs) that is an accomplishment i'm pretty sure that's an accomplishment you know, I get the impression from later books that Borgen is kind of one of those dudes who's like hates everyone, but I mean, I th- I think you're right. I also think that Borgen is probably used to rich privilege assholes giving him shit. Right. So then the fact that he's like, "Yeah, fuck you, Malfoy," as soon as he leaves is like, "Damn, <laughs> you really fucking suck, dude." <laughs> yeah, no. Like the it's just I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So I guess segueing from this into the fact that like like the irony of them discussing the muggle protection act on a section of a street that is literally only stores that sell shit that is like designed to harm muggles that's being allowed to exist in this world is like there is such a deep irony there and I feel like that's worth exploring. Yeah. No, we can explore that. Yeah. Who the fuck? Who the fuck are you using poisonous candles on? Right. Why are <laughs> why are poison candles legal? Like you guys, <laughs> we like. Why? I mean, why is the counter? riddled with human bones like there are so many questions about fucking nocturne alley what is going on why i mean okay so what i imagine is that it must operate in some kind of like weird legal gray area where it's like oh like these human these human bones this hand of glory these are like you know you know, historical objects for people to display, like, we're not selling them to be used, like, oh, I can't give you who sold it to me, like, I don't ask those questions. I mean, it it is weird that it is allowed to operate in the open, but I feel like there are weird businesses in the United States where it's like, how is this legal for you to just, like... Well, I mean, like, why can you just, like, go buy a gun, for instance? Yeah. Is... Or, like, I mean, I'm sure there are pawn shops that sell like stolen material and it's like how is that like legal but it literally says a dingy alleyway that seemed to be made up entirely of shops devoted to the dark arts the dark arts are not allowed question mark i don't know it is it is very confusing that this uh, that these businesses are like basically out in the open I mean, I feel like Borgen and Burks, most of what's described as, no, not most, some of what's described as being there, like the Hand of Glory, it's like, yeah, this is just like a weird item, you know? Yeah. But like, that's fine that you're selling that. But like, a fucking piece of rope that's designed to strangle whomever touches it and says that it has been used to claim the lives of 19 muggles to date that's illegal. That's what Arthur's job literally is, is to get rid of shit like that. So, like, how is that just for sale? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's what just doesn't line up for me is, like, 
And like a fucking cursed necklace, right? That like kills you, kills the Mm -hmm. fuck out of you, as we see later with Katie Bell. Even if you were going to use that on another witch, like that, that should not be something that you're allowed to buy, you know? Yeah. And then this is like a whole separate thing. But like, why would Borgen buy shit that would get Malfoy in trouble if his house was raided? That just means that now Borgen is the owner of shit that will get you in trouble for owning it. And, like, clearly he can't, shouldn't legally be able to resell it, right? Because it's illegal. So, like, if someone raided his store... I mean, maybe he's gonna sell it quickly enough where it's, like, not gonna show up, you know? Or they're they're gonna show up and he's like, oh, no, I don't have this thing. <sighs> so. I don't know, it's real weird. Like, I mean... I mean, I think, I think that it's just like points to how fucking corrupt the ministry is, you know, it points to, it explains to us more why Arthur's job is considered a joke. And that's because literally actually no one cares about protecting muggles and it's all lip service. And so it's like, oh, this dude who like actually wants to like keep muggles safe, like, ha ha ha, fuck that guy. When everyone else is, like, on the down low, like, fuck yeah, Borgen and Burks. Like, you know that place? They sell good shit, you know? I mean, yeah. I mean, if I mean, if Lucius Malfoy is, like, rolling up there, then he's probably being like, oh, no, minister, we don't need a law to regulate anything that happens in Nocturne Alley. It's just adults doing, buying antiquities and, like, preserving our culture and blah blah white fascist bullshit. Yeah. I do like the idea that this is only a piece of Nocturne Alley and that there's, like, a lot more to it. I mean, it seems like, it seems like it's huge, and I feel like there's probably more things that are, like, not normative, but not necessarily, like, super dark. Right. You know? So. Um, like, there's probably, like, a strip club or something in Nocturne Alley. Yeah. So. Or burlesque? I don't know. Whatever. Like a brothel? Probably. I find it hard to believe that there is not at least a few witching world brothels. Totally. Shit, what was I going to say? I forgot, but what's up with selling human fingernails on a tray? (laughs) (laughs) This isn't political, but it is related to nocturnality. It's real weird. I mean, I assume you use them in potions, but like... Everything you use in potions is, like, pretty upsetting. So, like, why isn't it sold in, like, the potion store? And, like, on a tray. Like, it's, like, some jewelry. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's the fucking weird part. I mean, I mean, you know, if you needed... See, if you needed to, like, polyjuice yourself, you'd probably want a few random-ass uh, fingernails. Oh. Just throw in some oh random-ass... Oh, God. But... Dude... You... That's fucking upsetting. <laughs> it is upsetting. But why are those fingernails not in fucking vials? They should be in little glass vials and not just like randomly on a tray. Like that's fucking gross. It is gross. It's gross and weird. Also, where do they come from? Where do they come from? <laughs> oh man. Yeah. There's a lot. <laughs> There's a lot going on here that's like very confusing. Also, if you're selling, like, a weird illicit thing, like, why, like, why, like, why would you have, like, your cloak with, like, little pockets that had stuff in it and not, like, a tray of just loose fingernails? 
right? Like it's like a fucking tray of hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> it's so gross. Okay. Is that it for politics? I have one more thing. Okay. Why does Lucius even care about Draco's grades? It's not like Draco has to fucking work. Like, he's rich. Like, who the fuck cares what grades he gets at Hogwarts? He's just gonna still be rich and powerful anyway. I think it's like, it's just a status thing. And like a demanding parent thing. But it was still okay for Draco to be a baby fascist and a potential murderer. Just throwing that out there. Well, that's expected. Oh my god. Yes. A plus parenting, Lucius Malfoy. It really, like, all of the interactions that we get with Draco's parents actually, like, add to my sympathy for Draco, you know? That's a hard fucking thing to live with, you know? Yeah. I guess I I I always sort of assumed that Narcissa was maybe more tender towards Draco and less, like, whatever sort of fucked up masculinity trip Lucius is on. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I agree with that. I just mean in terms of, like, the way that they interact with the world and, like, the stories and messaging that they're feeding to him. Like, it definitely takes, like, a certain kind of person to, at the age that Draco is at, already know that, like, the stories that his parents are feeding him are wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. And that, like, isn't... I would say, like, that's not an excuse at all for like any adult to be like well i was raised this way it's like no you actually like have a brain and you can like make your own decisions mm. but like he's 12 you know yeah at this point what he's being fed like it's gonna be like real hard to sort that out yeah i mean i feel like i've met people who have been like white and privileged and from a lot of money where it's like Sometimes they question that when they get older and sometimes they don't. But I feel like in general, like, I mean, obviously there's a lot of things that having like race and class privilege, like help makes your life easier. But I feel like kids growing up that way in general seem really fucked up. (laughs) I feel like this is a step beyond that to like, he has all of that privilege, but he's also basically in like an extremely like fundamentalist household, you know? So, like, mm-hmm. that's the kind of thing. But, like, waspy fundamentals. <laughs> or whatever the UK version of waspy is. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I just feel like that's so, like, brainwashy, you know? That, like, yeah. I wouldn't expect, like, unless there was... Well, I mean, I guess there is. Like, Draco is queer, which I think often is, like, one of the things that, like, makes kids break from that and realize that their parents are wrong, like, very early. Mm-hmm. But... If there isn't, like, a motivator like that, I think it's often not until, like, college and, like, exposure to that kind, like, different ways of thinking that those kids are, like, start to shed those ideas. Yeah. Not that they, not that everyone does, but, like, I think it's, the the only acceptable outcome is to shed those ideas, and I don't think that that outcome is, like, made available to those people until they hit a point where they're, like, exposed to enough other worldviews and draco's only had one year of hogwarts at this point so yeah yeah and i mean i feel like for draco it takes a very drastic thing of having to murder someone and him being like i actually don't fucking want to do this for him to sort of like begin that process which is extreme yeah and he's being exposed to all of this stuff but he's like essentially in like an evil fraternity so it's like cool you're like taking classes that maybe are 
broadening your worldview a little, but at the same time you like go back to your common room every night and it's like full of people just like your parents. So, you know, yeah, that's not super conducive to like becoming a better person. Yeah. Welcome to Editorials, where we rant about stuff. You guys, Arthur describes telephones as a way (laughs) that muggles have figured out to get by without magic. Fuck that. (laughs) Fuck that. Phones are so much better than 100% of the ways that fucking witches have to communicate with one another not in person it that is an absurd statement and it makes me want to throw my book across the room and you know what's even more ridiculous is that the magical mirrors mirror that Sirius gave Harry is essentially unlimited FaceTime oh my god but it's rare I guess like not everyone has this like why aren't they mass producing fucking magical mirrors like are you kidding me that is a really really good question like uh we we don't have this where everyone's using see that's a fucking fucking solution to not having a goddamn phone that is that is a magical thing that is literally better than a phone except for the part where you can't like tell someone that you want to get in touch with them apparently i mean you can't take them to voicemail it's like, oh, I don't want, I don't want to answer my mirror. I'm just gonna put it, put it down. Right. You can't see. <laughs> so there's some bugs to work out, but like infinitely better than an owl or an fucking owl the like flu powder head in the fire situation. Oh yeah, no, that sounds fucking awful. So terrible. And like you're gonna be breathing in all of this soot, and you're just gonna like it's gonna suck. And like, what happens if the flu powder like wears off before you get your head out of the fire? Okay, <laughs> like because it clearly doesn't last that long. They have to use a new pinch per person who's traveling to Diagon Alley, so that sounds real dangerous. Yeah, phones are good, which is thinking that phones are absurd is the absurd thing yeah (sighs) okay or that not having a like magical equivalent of a cell phone like you have magical mirrors but it's like fucking morris code's been around forever even if they had something like morris code like magical morris code or like telegrams like anything but i'm waiting a week because my owl is old to deliver this letter (laughs) like yeah we're gonna get into this so hard at the quidditch world cup when fucking molly weasley is waiting all night to find out if her family is dead like because she's looking at at her fucking clock and it's all more and it's like more and it's like been reported in like the daily prophet or the evening prophet or whatever it's probably on the fucking witch wireless and like no one can call her though honestly like why didn't someone just like apparate home real quick anyway let's save that for two books from now <laughs> what's next i understand that why harry feels awkward about having so much money when the weasleys have no money i wish he would have figured some shit out to be like hey ron don't tell your mom but i brought you all your books or something <laughs> you know like you're staying with them for like all this time and like i mean it's awkward because obviously like the weasleys aren't going to take any kind of like 
they may perceive as charity, but dude, there's ways around that. They're right. I mean, and sometimes like you just give people money even though they don't want you to. Like I definitely Slip have Slip it like, into Molly's bag and like Exactly. And I mean, he doesn't with his, like, tri-wizard winnings, but it's like, you spend a lot of time with the Weasleys, like, figure something out. Like, literally bury it. Bury it in the garden. And then, like, go next time you're helping Denome. Be like, what the fuck? I found a pile of gold. <laughs> Holy shit. You know? And they'll be like, where could this have come from? And then it's just theirs, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot to this whole thing with, like, the Weasleys not having enough money thing. Starting with the fact that, like, according to what Harry sees them get out of their vault, they definitely didn't have enough money to purchase all of the things that they purchased in Diagon Alley. I guess maybe Molly already had some money in her bag, but, like, fucking Arthur Weasley works, like, a million hours doing, like, really hard work, and he's not being paid, like, apparently, like, fucking anything. I think, I think that's the only, like, when Lucius is like, you're like a sellout to Wizard and Kind, you don't even make enough money. And I'm like, you're right. He does not make enough money to do this job. He should be, he should be better compensated for what the fuck he is doing. <laughs> yeah, he acts like that's a dig at Arthur when it's like a dig at the ministry. <laughs> yeah, it's like people who are like, how dare fast food workers make $15 an hour when EMS workers only make $15 an hour. It's like, you're right. Everyone should make more than $15 an hour. Like, what Like what are you trying to say? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was just talking about this yesterday with Evan about I wear Tomboy X boxers and... I see a lot people like online complaining about the fact that it's like $25 for a pair of boxers and that's really expensive. That's actually how much it costs to like buy organic cotton and pay someone enough money to turn it into a pair of boxers. Like that just actually is how much boxers cost and like all of the cheap ones that you're buying at like H&M are cheap because like you're not actually paying how much they cost if you're paying someone a living wage to make those for you and it makes me upset that the complaint is like these are too expensive as opposed to like because what that indicates is like I want someone else to also not be appropriately compensated for their time because I'm not appropriately compensated for my time so I can't afford those things which is like perpetuating the problem, like, the problem is that, like, we aren't all appropriately compensated for our time. Yeah. And not the fact that, like, a company is deciding to pay their workers enough money. Like, we should be fighting for that for everyone, you know? Yeah. Does that make sense? Did I phrase that well? Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. yeah. And I flip so it, I flip Lucius it the thing that I like accidentally a... on the right side. Sorry, what did you say? No, you're right. Yeah, he was... He, he he brought up a good point, even though he didn't think it was. Right. No, but what were you saying? Oh, no, I was going to continue about that, and then I'm like, it's actually not relevant to, for me to keep talking about small businesses <laughs> charging a lot of money, because they want to pay their workers and give you a quality product, so say, deal with it. Uh, right. No, I mean, like, it is a huge problem that, like, not everyone can afford those things, but the problem isn't the people who are making the things that are, the problem is the fact that, like, you aren't being paid enough for like your time and you deserve to be yeah Mm -hmm. you the 
I'm yeah. gesturing listeners to the broader <laughs> world. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, I this interaction between Harry and Mrs. Weasley when she's like fretting about him using flu powder for very good reasons that we'll get into later. And whatever she says, your aunt and uncle will never forgive me. And Harry's like, oh, don't worry about it. They'll be totally fine if I end up locked in a fireplace somewhere. And then she goes, well, all right. And sends him into the fire. What? 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 No, absolutely not. Fuck everything about that. (laughs) Like literally, oh, don't worry about it. They won't mind if I die. And she's like, well, okay. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? Maybe, maybe she thinks that he's being dramatic this shouldn't have any bearing on whether or not she's worried about sending this child willy-nilly through fucking fireplaces with like no preparation like it's the well well, all right that makes me upset like that should not be a convincing argument to her that she's like right that he he should be ready to be sent out into this goddamn terrible transportation system well, I mean, I feel the whole scene, everyone's like, oh, you've never done it. It's fine. Just here's like 18 facts about it that you need to memorize right now. Yeah, get in the like, fire. Here you go. And then it's like, no, what? No. <laughs> it's so stressful. It's... Just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nope. That should have been like a 20 minute conversation with like some practices. And before they're just like, here you go. Right? Great. Okay, what's next? I'm really annoyed that no one intervene when Lockhart grabs Harry. And it's funny that Lockhart even grabs Harry in the first place without like fucking saying anything or asking and just like, oh. Right. He's touching him without consent in a way that's like very objectively violent. Like, he's taking away his agency. He's photographing him without his consent and publishing the photograph without his consent. Like, that is so fucked up. And everyone just like standing around like, oh, this is fine. And it's like, it's not fine. Ginny's the only one who's like, Harry doesn't want this. Like, fuck. Like, what the fuck? And she's also another child. I mean, the moral of these books is that the only people that are looking out for Harry's well-being are other children. (laughs) At least until we meet Lupin. Which, I mean, arguably, I think is one of the reasons a lot of people, when they read them as children, are drawn to these books. Where it's like a feeling of like, Adults don't know what's going on and aren't really helping me, but, like, other kids and, like, peers and, you know. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, young young people empowerment that happens in these books, which is really lovely. And it's always really great that, like, you know, Harry has a core support with his friends to be, like, you know, to back him up. Mm -hmm. Because 99% of the adults fail him. Mm -hmm. So... Yep. Anyway, yeah, um, that was really fucked up. So, this might actually be like a politics thing, but I have it in editorial, so I'm gonna leave it here. (sighs) Arthur, like, drags Hermione's parents off to the Leaky Cauldron to, like, grill them about being muggles. And this (laughs) is, again, supposed to be like, he's so quirky. You guys... As a trans person, as a non-binary trans person, I promise you that this is, like, deeply uncomfortable for the Grangers. Like, 
they may they're probably real fine with being muggles when they're like in the muggle world but in this situation they are pure outsiders like they are not fitting in at all they feel very uncomfortable and like very out of place in the situation that they're in and this dude is sitting them down to ask them i'm sure extremely unsettling questions and like demanding their emotional labor to like educate him about themselves and their lives and i feel very bad for them and i hate that he's doing it and i hate that it's played for laughs and i wish that it didn't happen so i feel like thinking about hermione's parents who one if not both of them being black are probably just like what the fuck is up with all these white people? Because, like, <laughs> you have author who has asked them how, like, airplanes work or, like, how the money works. And it's, like, it's by fives and ones. Like, it's pretty straightforward. And then they go with their daughter to the bookstore, which, like, oh, it's a bookstore. Like, that's a normal thing. And then, like, author and some, like, terrible racist white dude, like, get into a fight. And they're just, they're probably just, like, where the fuck are we? Like, are you fucking kidding me? I'll have to pull for social some, like, reaction gifts of the Granger parents, like, throughout these scenes. The Grangers are side-eyeing the fuck out of author because they're just like, what the fuck is even happening with this weird-ass white dude? Um, yeah. I feel like there's something about, like, how out of their element I imagine they feel that, like... In a situation where normally, like, this weird dude being like, how do airplanes work, would be like, what the fuck, is, like, in that setting, and the fact that he's asking about it, like, the existence of airplanes is, like, the most ridiculous thing in the entire world, is gonna actually feel a lot worse than it would if they were having that interaction in the muggle world. Yeah. No, I, I think you're definitely, definitely right about that. Because I feel like his attitude is one of like, you're so novel, which is like an attitude that I've faced a lot. And I imagine an attitude that you've faced a lot, I think for obviously for different reasons, but it's like very yeah. much like, I don't know, I'm actually just like a person and you could like go Google this. Arthur can't go yeah. Google this, but, like, he could probably go to a muggle library. He knows how libraries work. Like, go get a book on airplanes. He'd probably be really or- confused by the Dewey Decimal System. <laughs> be like, wait, why isn't it alphabetical? Or, like, a book about what dentists are. Because apparently they don't have dentists in the witching world, which is weird. That is upsetting. <laughs> it's so upsetting! I don't really I like love her, dentists I, in the UK, but... I feel like Hermione's parents are horrified that there are no dentists. That's why they keep sending her fucking sugar-free candy. They're right. like, what is this trash they're eating? Do you have a toothbrush? Because does anyone have a toothbrush? Oh Who knows? <laughs> this made me sad. Anyway, um, yeah, real awkward. Very. 
very, very awkward. They never come with her again, and this is why. They sure don't. This is exactly why. They're like, here's some cash, baby girl. (laughs) See you you in May. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) What do you have next? Flourishing Blots really needs, like, mail ordering. The fact that they have to go, that every child has to go in physically to get this shit, I'm like, just fucking mail them a check, or whatever the witching version of a check is. They do have mail order. They do. Harry mail orders his potions book in book six. Because he didn't think he was going to be able to take that class. Oh, Yeah. I assume they just go get the books while they're there because they have to go buy, like, robes and everything at the same time. That's fair. Well, then I don't have anything, then. Um, my next note just says, uh, Glockheart. Rufio, come here. (laughs) And we're gonna have a lot of opportunities to talk about how much Lockhart sucks, so maybe we can just, like, cap this editorial at, uh, Glockheart. Yeah. Because uh, he's a real bummer. He sure is. Yeah. Um, and then my last editorial is this fucking fight. Like. Arthur goes for him, which is like the most unwise. Like, what What did you think was going to happen? Molly's like, what an example to set for your children. And I'm like, you are correct. Like, that is really bad behavior. That is really, really bad behavior. No to physical fucking altercations. Yeah, no, it just, like, sucks. It, like, there's so much fighting in these books. And, like, I'm glad and a little confused that they went with fists instead of wands. But, like... (sighs) Yeah, it's still, like, real weird. It's weird. And And also, like... I mean, yes, like, eat the rich, but you can't just, like, if you attack a rich dude in a bookstore who, like, has such a powerful sway in the government, like, that's a really not a wise choice, my dude. That's true. It's also very out of character for Arthur. Like, he's a pretty passive guy, you know? I mean, really, it just is a thing that furthers the plot for Lucius to slip Jenny in the, the diary and all the confusion of the fight. So. Yeah. Because, like, even what Lucius is saying is, like, it's frustrating, but it's not like I'm going to fucking punch you in the mouth straight away. I mean, I guess my assumption is that, like, Arthur is in a very, very uncomfortable position in that moment where he's just, for no reason that we'll ever understand, bought five sets of the same book for kids that are going to be in those cla- the class at different times we'll talk about in education um and he's feeling really broke and here's this like rich ass dude being like you're broke and like it just like sets him over the edge but like that's actually not a reason to like punch somebody i get why it stung as much as it did but like get your shit together dude like yeah don't punch people (laughs) ever I mean, self-defense. I'm not, like, whatever. But, like, don't yeah, fucking but start like, physical this, this fights is, is about a... insults. Like, just let it go. Yeah, this this isn't self-defense. This is just you wanting to hit his jerk face. And I get it. We all want to hit his jerk face. But, like, just 
don't. Yeah. <laughs> Raid his house instead. Knock over right. some fancy vases. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Trip. Just trip a lot while you're raiding his house. <laughs> like, smash that. Oops. Oh, I'm sorry I didn't see this. How long has it been in your family? Oh, what a shame. Yeah, exactly. Welcome to education, where usually we talk about this goddamn school, but now I think we're actually talking about the price of textbooks. <laughs> yes? Yes. Um, also, I'm going to talk a little bit about muggle studies. Okay. I think Arthur is a like prime example about like Hogwarts needs to offer muggle studies to like all their kids every year. <laughs> like require And I mean, it. I get it. Yeah, like, I get it. If you're a muggle-born, you're probably like, I fucking know how airplanes work and the telephone works. But, like, I think it is actually useful for them to know what how wizards think about that shit is probably a useful lesson to know. So, yeah, they should... Muggle story should be mandatory. They should be learning it until the seventh year. Yeah, totally agree. Voldemort makes it mandatory. <laughs> Not in a good way, though. <sighs> he sure does. Uh, let's. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> why does it take Voldemort of all people to get some like better education reform? This is a problem, you guys. Uh, yep. Uh, anyway. Huh. Uh, all right, textbooks. <laughs> let's talk about textbooks and the immediate college flashback I got to this book list. Yeah. There's so much to it. It's like multi-layered, right? Like, fuck you, Gilderoy Lockhart. A. For having to to buy all of your books for this class. The entire fucking everyone at Hogwarts has to buy these books. I guess maybe sixth and seventh years aren't all necessarily taking Defense Against the Dark Arts, or is that a required class? I don't remember if it was required. It doesn't really matter, but yes. I mean, yeah. he's making like. I mean, as far as as far as scams go, this is a pretty huge one. <laughs> Just having by having all these kids having to buy like six copies each of your. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't like that he's scamming school children and their parents, right? <laughs> and not like rich people, which is what he should be scamming. But yeah, he's a monster. But also, like, what the fuck? What the fuck with the Weasleys? Like, they say they have to buy five sets. That means they're buying Fred and George their own separate set. They shouldn't need, like, out of anyone, they can share a set of books, number one. And number two, if these classes aren't at the same time, like, Ron and, like, Ginny could have shared a copy. All of them could share. They're in the same goddamn dorm. Like, you need one set of these books. Unless he's, like, teaching literally the exact same curriculum to first and seventh years, like, they're not Which even going to be, be using the books at the same time. Like, the only thing that I could think of that would make them need more than one is if they're all needing the same book for homework at the same time. But, like, even so, right, like, Fred and George could share and, like, Harry could share with, like, Ron and Ginny. And, like, you know, Hermione could share with Percy. Like, there's no reason for all of these books to be purchased. Because they're all doing the homework together in the common room of the library anyway. Well, the Hogwarts library have one? I mean, I guess if there's one. And why isn't, I mean, 
dude. Like, why can't they just fucking duplicate the books? Do you think that they have some sort of, like, charm on them to prevent that? I don't know. Maybe it's really hard. Hermione can do it. I'm sure Hermione can do it. And she would have been like, oh, fuck buying all these books. I'm just gonna make... Well, Hermione loves books. I don't know if she... Well, she probably would. I think she cares about the Weasleys and would, like, understand that this was a situation where, like, it was worth it. Also, like, is there, like, not, like, some kind of, like, school supply scholarship shit that the Weasleys could... There is, or in theory there is, because Dumbledore gives Tom Riddle money to buy his textbooks with, so, like, I don't know why the Weasleys are not getting that. Pride? fuck pride. I mean, yes. That's, like, the, that's the thing. I mean, yeah, it's, like, people who need, like, government assistance, but are like, oh, I'm too good for that, and too prideful for government handouts, and it's like, no, bitch, just fucking take it, (laughs) like. Yeah. Especially, there's, like, so much, like, internalized, like, just, like, the, the, like, amount of, like, prejudice and, like, racism and, like, all sorts of, like, fucked up stuff that goes into the idea of, like, there being something wrong with, like, accepting assistance is, like, just turns my stomach whenever I hear someone be like, I refuse to get food stamps because, like... I, you know, don't need to accept handouts. Like, you do realize that you're, like, right now you're, like, casting a really, really revolting judgment on everyone who, like, is willing to accept handouts to, like, help their families have, like, a better fucking life. And because, like, the world is structured in such a way where, like, people don't make enough money to support their families and that's, like, not a personal failing. Right. Yeah. You know what's great when you're you're broke is being able to buy food. (laughs) It's, like, really great. And not having to be, like, I'm going to eat shit out of the gas station because I'm broke, you know, or whatever whatever the equivalency is. Anyway. Yes. I've had food stamps multiple times in my life. Food stamps are great. Like. Uh, yeah. I know. Yeah. When I had it, I was, like, and it was great because then I could buy, like, vegetables. And, like. You know, not have to be like, well, vegetables are too expensive. Yeah. And fucking God bless that law in Michigan that makes it so that food stamps, like, are go double at fucking farmer's markets. Like, that oh was my God, such a yes, life that was saver. The best. Uh, yeah, when I, when I had food stamps, I used that every weekend, and it was the best, because I'm mm-hmm. just like, I can just drop $30 on uh, vegetables, and this is what I want to do. Mm -hmm. I had a friend who called the day that her food stamps card got recharged avocado day. (laughs) 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 That's an unrelated, adorable story. Anyway, um, the Weasleys need to give up this pride and get this Hogwarts fund for their kids. Unless it, like doesn't exist anymore. I mean, Riddle was at the school like 50 years ago, so things could have changed since then. Welcome to Corrections, where we correct stuff. This is like only sort it's sort of a correction. It's a confirmation of a correction from a couple episodes ago about um searching mail not being possible in the witching world, which is that Arthur doesn't know how the postal service works. And that means that they don't have a postal service in the witching world. So 
tracking the male is not possible. Okay. Unless you're an owl stunner. Unless unless there are owl stunners. <laughs> <laughs> we know there are, but like <laughs> they do make it sound in later books like there is some sort of postal service and that's just like nonsense. I mean, I guess if you're like male coming out of the ministry or going to the ministry, I suppose. That's true. Or like going in and out of Hogwarts, but like you can't search someone's mail going from one person's house to the other, probably. Unless you're like at their house going through their shit. Right, that's the thing, and it's that's the like it's like you can't put anything important in letters because like our mail is being read and it's like, well that doesn't make any fucking sense if there's not a post office. Like there's no middle man, yeah. there's it just goes directly from point A to point B. Anyway. Yeah. Welcome to our final segment, which today is related to our headline about millennials killing flu powder. It's an expose on how fucking shitty flu powder is. Can I just tell you my three notes on flu powder? Uh, oh, four. One, flu powder is the worst. It's time to retire it. Two, OMG. Three, you have to carry a soot brush for <laughs> this fucking sucks. You have some, like, actually really, really good points about how much, like, why flu powder sucks that I had never thought about before, too. Like, besides the, like, this is incredibly complicated and dangerous and, like, nauseating, I think we should talk about the stuff that you have first. Oh, yeah. So, um, as we discussed about other trash ways of traveling in the witching world, you're spinning really fast. And it's and like if you have fucking like vertigo or shit with your inner ear, like you're gonna puke. Like I would puke immediately. And I'm just like, but sort of more importantly, like <laughs> if you listen to this podcast, you will notice that sometimes I cannot pronounce words. Um, and the fact that flu travel requires you to like quote-unquote speak clearly your destination in order to get where you're going correctly is fucked up yeah like there's a ton of reasons why you might not be able to like pronounce or enunciate a word and the fact that that's what it's based on is just like fucking ableist (laughs) yeah like you know like if you can't speak you fucking can't use flu or if you have some kind of thing like i would end up fucking lost all the goddamn time if i had to like pronounce where i was going every time i went there jesus Especially with weird-ass, like, witching places like Diagon Alley. I would say Dragon Alley and end up who the fuck knows where. (laughs) Or Diagonal Alley and end up in, like, limbo. I hope that Dragon Alley would take you somewhere really rad, though. (laughs) (laughs) Dragon Alley is the name of the, like, awesome queer burlesque house in (laughs) the Nocturne Alley. Yeah. It's called Dragon Alley. Yeah. Oh, Lord. (laughs) <laughs> and it's like drag on alley yes yes Ooh, we just invented a great place and maybe <laughs> this episode's gonna be titled drag on alley with like a really hot burlesque situation for the episode yes art. yes everything about like you have to like stand in a particular way and like and also i fucking pots which stands for postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome which like Flu powder, I would, like, 
I would have to like sit on the floor for like 25 minutes waiting for my vision to come back and like my heart rate to balance out. Like, I'm really glad that you brought this up because you are (laughs) super right. There's so much more wrong with it. It's just trash in so many ways. And like, and you have to carry a goddamn brush (laughs) to get the soot off of yourself. Which, there has got to be a spell for that, but, I mean, yeah, but still. Like, having to lint roll your clothing is already enough, is already too much for me, but, like, fucking having to, like, get soot off of all of my clothing, like, holy god. And they're, like, LOL muggle methods of transportation. It's just, like, um, incorrect. And And, I mean, granted, um, I have pretty a pretty pretty high flight anxiety slash phobia um i really hate being in an airplane i would rather be in an airplane unmedicated than fucking half of the ways that you travel in the witch world like are you shitting me like no i would be like i'm not doing this i don't care i will i will meet you guys there in three hours i'll get a cab to a train station like i'm good totally good i'm with you (laughs) <laughs> especially, especially in fucking Europe, where you have excellent train systems. Are you kidding yeah. me? Like, you can get from, like, Amsterdam to Paris in, like, zero time. I don't remember how long it actually takes, but it's fast. It's, like, so much faster than it would be, like, on an Amtrak in the U.S. Like, y'all have good <laughs> trains. Yeah. Can't take the Amtrak anywhere for any kind of reasonable time, so... no. So, yeah. Do you know the story about how one time I was taking Amtrak to Chicago and we were delayed by three hours because some wealthy ass person owned a vintage caboose and had like requisitioned Amtrak to attach their caboose to the back of the train and tow it for them? And they were like, we are inconveniencing an entire sold out train full of people by delaying their train for three fucking hours to accommodate this fucking wealthy person. Eat the rich is my is my answer to that. Yeah, no, fuck fuck those people. <laughs> right? So also, why? Also, just buy a fucking train if you have a fucking vintage caboose. Just buy a whole ass goddamn train and fuck you. <laughs> yeah, it was like five years ago. I'm still so mad about it. No, that's fucked up. <sighs> yeah, anyway. Food powder is garbage. <laughs> Such garbage. Yeah, just take take the underground instead, y'all. It's all... I mean, I know they're in the middle of nowhere, so it would take a while, but, like... Mm-mm. There's gotta be a better way. I mean, they have the night bus. Is there not a day bus? Like, there's not a magical day bus? Are you guys shitting me? Correct. I mean, y'all have a bus that can apparate. Like, dear God. <laughs> Jesse, that is such a good point. <laughs> The night bus is also, like, a nauseating way to travel, but, like, it It is is so much better than flu powder. Yeah. Also, I'm sorry. Like, you can just flu powder into, like, anyone's goddamn fireplace. Like, the, like, home invasion, right? Like, (laughs) you know how Mundungus Fletcher steals so much shit? He can just (laughs) flu powder into your house in the middle of the night. Robbing the blind and then just like, like, yeah, yeah uh-huh. probably, actually. Like, this is a terrible system. 
I mean, I feel like it must be really easy to do crimes in the witching world. <laughs> if you're not murdering people, so like, you, you could probably just do a lot of shit and it's like, the fuck is anyone gonna do? They're probably like, forensics, lol, muggles are so silly. Dusting for fingerprints, ha 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 ha. Like, I mean, I guess this is why you keep all of your valuables at Gringotts if anybody just come into your fucking home, like, really whenever they want to. It's true. Because this is why you have the vault. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, well. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Gaily Prophet. Remember to stay tuned after this episode for a snippet of our latest Patreon-exclusive issue of The Queer Blur, our fanfic magazine where we create fanfic on the spot for you in the style of that campfire storytelling game where you take turns. This week's issue is titled Codename Honeypot, and it is a film noir style, honestly, slash fic of Molly Weasley and Bellatrix Lestrange. So... Definitely don't turn this off until you've heard that. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at The Gaily Prophet. We also, you can just check out our website, thegailyprophet.com, where we have, uh, you know, all of our awesome comics and our cool merch store, which you should check out and buy because it is cute. You can also find us on Patreon if you are inspired to support us. We are queers who are doing this out of love of harry potter and uh website hosting is expensive yeah do you guys know that making a podcast costs money (laughs) the startup cost of a podcast is actually much more than i thought it would be and it's monthly because you have to record and host and do the things yep so buy our merch become patrons tell your friends who have money to buy our merch if you don't I don't know, scam some people into buying some stuff from us. Like, that's fine, too. We support that. If you want to find me in between episodes and, I don't know, read all of my, all all of the spoilers about Game of Thrones, you can find me on Twitter at Jesse underscore Detroit. And I am on Instagram at live from Detroit. You can just see photos of me and my cat. You can find me in between episodes at larkmalakai.com. That's L-A-R-K-M-A-L-A-K-A-I.com. Where you can learn all about the work that I do with nutrition and the tarot readings that I offer. And also the trans inclusivity trainings for healthcare providers that I do. And just heads up, those are done virtually. You don't have to be... near portland for me to help your doctor not suck at interacting with trans people so go over there and just click on nominate my doctor um you can find me on instagram at lark malachi or at radical healer and our spoiler warning was recorded by sarah sarwar our music and our Theme song and spoiler warning are by Kevin McLeod. Our show art and all of our comics are by Theo Julian Forrester, who can be found on Instagram at Theo Julian Forrester. All of that information is in our show notes. And until next time. Mail order. Escalator. Pazni. Vertigo. Hello, 
and welcome to the queer blur molly opens the heavy wooden door and gestures to bellatrix to go in from down the alley the cracks of apparition go off like fireworks molly walks through the doorway behind bellatrix and closes the door and it is silent the scene fades to black the next thing we see is bellatrix and molly lying in bed sharing another cigarette bellatrix snuggles in to molly's body and whispers you taste like honey oh my god i don't know what to do uh... <laughs> <laughs>